pardon the interruption, but I'm Israel Gutierrez. Hey, Frank, do you think Mike and Tony would notice if we took something from the set as a souvenir? We are about to find out. Hey. Anybody looking? <laughs> I don't know if you can sneak away with these. <laughs> They've won a bunch of them. You and I are like Susan Lucci. We can't win anything. Ah, they'll get used to it. Susan Lucci reference. We gotta find a new one. <laughs> And this is Gutierrez Frank Isola reference. Uh, welcome to PTI. Today's episode, Tiger is done. The Dodgers are fuming, and Jim Harbaugh stands by what he said. But we begin today with the NFL Friday News Dump. The league has decided not to punish Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill following an investigation into allegations of child abuse. In a statement released Friday morning, the NFL said they, quote, cannot conclude Mr. Hill violated the personal conduct policy. Accordingly, he may attend Kansas City's training camp and participate in all club activities. Izzy, what do you make of all this? Well, here's this is the other side of the problem when the NFL steps in on situations like this, where you can be overly critical if they punish somebody when the legal system deemed, hey, this wasn't a punishable yeah. offense or we couldn't find it to be a punishable offense. You could easily be as critical if they go the other way and do not punish a guy like Tyreek Hill. Because, look, I'm going to read you a couple of things from the personal conduct policy. policy prohibited conduct includes actual or threatened physical violence yep. against another person, the conduct threat. that poses a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person. Explain to me, NFL, I understand this is about the child abuse situation, but if you go back and listen to that audio recording of him saying, you need to be terrified of me That's, too. That was a threat. How's that not a threat? I need the NFL to explain that part to me. And I, and I understand due process, and they're basing this all on an audio recording. When you think about Ray Rice and even Kareem Hunt, they right. did have video of something like that. But clearly something happened there with this child. And I think you're right. In the NFL's case here, why can't you suspend him based on making these threats to the mother of the child? That's the part that doesn't make any sense. And it's interesting that happens on a Friday. And you know that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're more than happy to welcome Hill back because he's a big time player. And this is a team that has a chance to go to a Super Bowl. They want to kind of brush this thing under the rug. It's possible that you could argue that that wasn't a threat on the other side, that maybe a legal team could come back to the NFL and say, hey, you, this guy deserves this money back. But I'm going to give you another quote that might set some precedent here from Jimmy Smith's suspension in 2018, yeah. where they said the NFL found evidence of threatening and emotionally abusive behaviors by Jimmy toward his former girlfriend, and that showed a pattern of improper conduct. Look at Tyreek's Hill history, particularly with this woman, and see if we don't see another pattern of improper conduct. This is the danger the NFL steps into with these issues. Yeah, and, and, and once again, the police investigation is not completely done yet, so there could, there could exactly. be a point where he does get suspended. That's where the criticism can be held off. Hey, if more information comes out, they might still But Tom Brady did get suspended for deflating a football. Let's remember That's that. true. Let's move on to the Open Championship. Yesterday, we focused on an achy and struggling Tiger, basically saying, this is 43. Today, well, Woods is done, while J.B. Holmes and Shane Lowry share the 36-hole lead. But a few other names of interest are nearing the top of the leaderboard. Frank, can I interest you in a Jordan Spieth <laughs> or a Dustin Johnson? Maybe a Kepka? Yeah, let me tell you something. Jordan Spieth and especially Brooks Kepka, they could make it for a pretty interesting weekend. And Jordan Spieth won this thing a couple of years ago, 2015. He finished in the top five. And he recently told, he was telling the media recently, I think I have things figured out because he dropped to about 36th, 38th in the world. So no Tiger, no Phil, Phil Mickelson. 
First time they've both entered a major together where they didn't make the cut, but we still have some interesting names on the top of the league. We do, and I'm a big Dustin Johnson's fan. I love to watch him sort of compete in these majors. And Kepka, like, we get it. He's going to be the guy in these majors. He's almost the current version of Tiger where he goes after those majors, and he's, if he wins this one, it will be 5 out of 10. But Spieth, to me, is ridiculously interesting as well. But if you want to find some interest in the guys at the top, J.B. Holmes. And this, yeah. I love this story, by the way. Do you realize he played... 10 years of varsity golf. You know what that means? <laughs> I didn't think started? you were allowed to do that. Third grade. Imagine, <laughs> imagine A, knowing that. in third grade that you're that good at something, yeah. and imagine being that high schooler who turns and looks at a third grader as his teammate, and that third grader is better than you. To me, that makes J.B. Holmes by itself kind of interesting. And now Shane Lowry, here's the one thing to remember about him. In 2016, he had a four-shot lead going into the final day of the U.S. Open, and your guy, Dustin Johnson caught him. So there's still going to be a little bit of movement. What I'd like to see is Brooke Kepka. He still has some ground to make up here. But it's interesting. The big story going into the Open was that he hired the caddy that had worked at this course, has been a member there for 30 years, and it seems to be paying off. And what about Tiger Woods? You know, now the way that he performed here, you look at that Masters victory, and you even have a greater appreciation for, sure. for it, that he was able to rise to the occasion there because he clearly doesn't have it physically. He took a month off before the tournament, and now he says he wants to take some more time off. It doesn't seem like America's necessarily embracing Kepka and his sort of yeah. ma- ma- uh, majors c- uh, collection. But Jordan Spieth was Kepka before Kepka, yeah. and he won a bunch of these. And now if he returns to that level, I feel like a lot of people will be interested in him again. Yeah. All right, Phillies reliever Hector Neris celebrated the final out with a fist pump and a very audible profanity directed at the Dodgers dugout. Afterwards, Los Angeles manager Dave Roberts called the taunting unacceptable and said Neris should look in his own dugout. <laughs> it is worth noting that Neris was available because he's appealing a three-game suspension for throwing at the Dodgers' David Freeze on Tuesday. Izzy, do the Dodgers have a reason to be upset here? I think they really do. And if you listen to, to Neris's quote after the game, all right, he said, it's a great win for my team, and I just let my emotion get out. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned the three-game suspension that he's appealing. And why did he get that three-game suspension for hitting freeze? Because he gave up a home run the previous at bat. So apparently when Neris's emotions get the best of him, uh, it takes them to a dark place. Because if you're going to hit a dude with a pitch when you're angry, and if you're going to turn to the other dugout and yell a profanity when you're winning for positive things, I don't think that that's a proper release of your emotions. And we've seen this before. Fernando Rodney, some of the things that he does in relievers, they bring that emotion to the game. And the baseball tradition is you don't show up the opponent. And, you know, Clayton Kershaw was at the top of the dugout. Russell Martin was at the top of the dugout steps and made a motion like, I'll meet you somewhere and maybe we'll have it out. I love what Mac Muncy, Max Muncy of the Dodgers said. He said he's blown eight saves against us the last two years. I guess he finally got excited because he finally got one. By the way, this year, he does have a blown save and a loss against the Dodgers. It adds a little yeah. juice. So Max Muncy's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's exactly right. And he right. gave up a he home run last night before getting the final Absolutely. Out. He absolutely nailed it. He finally said, you know, this is what Neris is all upset about. He's been terrible against us. And now, after giving up that home run, he finally got this save, and there you go. But again, why that reaction? Do you mind the emotion, though? Because that's, I think we're here right now in baseball with the bat flip and players showing emotion. It's that traditional thing where you don't do it. But I think baseball trying to appeal to a younger generation, I think part and they're like, you know what, this isn't the worst thing. I don't mind it. But if baseball's appealing to a younger generation, the younger generation shouldn't want to turn at the other dugout and scream profanities. Maybe give me, you know, go back to the bow and arrow stuff. You know, give me something that's entertaining to look at maybe that, yeah, if it shows up the but, opponent, it's not exactly But this a is what's great about baseball when the teams play each other multiple times because, you know, this stuff eventually it'll linger and then at some point they'll meet up again. Yeah. Eh, I'm not a big fan of the profanities, though. Come on. 
No, no cursing, no cursing. <laughs> After winning 13 of 15, including six straight, the San Francisco Giants, like almost the entire National League, find themselves in a playoff race. Madison Bumgarner went nine innings last night and has an ERA of 1.55 in his last five starts. Problem is, Bumgarner nearly got traded last month, and the Giants are projected as sellers by the trade deadline. Frank, would the Giants be mad to still trade Mad Bum? He's 29 years old. He's left-handed. He's a horse. And right now, for my money, he's the best postseason pitcher. You can make an argument that he's one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. I know he's going to be a free agent, and right. that's something that can concern the Giants. But last night against the Mets, in a game that went 16 innings, he pitched nine. He wanted to go out there for the 10th inning. <laughs> Izzy, this is load management. This is, in basketball, this is, you know, uh, managers taking pitchers out always after five innings and, you know, using their bullpen. This guy pitched nine innings. Wanted to go out there for 10, and now you're in the race. The one thing about baseball with the wild card, everyone is everyone, alive. Everyone. Except for your Marlins. Uh, everyone else is alive. <laughs> so you have 32,000 people at the game last night. They're giving them a standing ovation. You're really going to get rid of a guy like that? Only at the 94 deadline? pitches, too. But, yes, here's the reason. Like you un I understand that in baseball these days, anybody can win the World Series. You get into the playoffs, that's what you want to be. And he wins. And he wins, certainly. And the San Francisco Giants have a history of coming up out of nowhere when, yeah. and winning a World Series title. But given that he is... Is going to be a free agent next year, and if they lose him for nothing, they get some sort of compensatory yeah, yeah, pick. If exactly. They but First why would pick. you do that? If Fangraphs, by the way, has them making the playoff chance at three point three percent, okay, not a very good chance of doing this. What I say is, rather than just lose him for nothing, just for some playoff race that you might or might not make, give it another ten to twelve days. If they continue this hot streak, and all of a sudden they're at the top of the, of the wild card standings, cool. Then you don't trade him by July thirty first. See if you can get another World Series run in you. But right now, I don't see the value in holding on to him when. The, the payoff is what? A wild card yeah, spot? They're trying to get assets from the Yankees are interested. The Twins had a scout at the game last night to watch both Noah Syndergaard. The Mets are not going to trade Noah Syndergaard. They'd be crazy to do it. One thing about Madison Bumgarner, career, 8-3 and three in the playoffs. In the World Series, is 4-0 and oh with an ERA of 0.25. The guy is as good as it gets when the money's on the line. All right, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh stood by his comments to the TK podcast that controversy has followed former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer. Quote, everywhere he's been, Meyer, of course, who went 4-0 against Harbaugh, was suspended three games last season after an investigation determined he mishandled domestic abuse allegations against former assistant coach Zach Smith. During Meyer's six seasons at Florida, Izzy's old school, <laughs> 31 of his players were arrested. Izzy, does the comment... Say more about Harbaugh or Meyer. That's a great way to phrase that question. Because that first you went of all, to Florida? Well, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> should be excited about that. Um, but the idea, first of all, let's talk about the statement right there. It follows him everywhere he goes. Well, Utah, Bowling Green, weren't really much controversy. There, all right. right? <laughs> but Tim talking about Urban Meyer in this history, I think, says more about Harbaugh. He's talking about the past. He's talking about a coach that is no longer there. He's talking about somebody that is no longer his competition. But yet he still needs to perform in this Big Ten as the Michigan coach. So he can give all the attention to what Urban Meyer did previously, but Urban's not there anymore. So Jim Harbaugh has to focus on getting Michigan to, uh, you know, Big Ten title, getting them to that playoffs, uh, the semifinals, yeah. because this means nothing in the grand scheme of things, him criticizing Urban Meyer when everybody knows what happened. The Michigan coach also said, we're about trying to win multiple championships, which would be nice, and also running a first-class program, which was another little dig <laughs> at Urban Meyer. The one thing about Michigan-Ohio State, that is really the only game that matters to both of those schools. I remember being in Detroit in January. That meant, you know, about 10 months away from that game plan. That's what they were talking about on Sports Talk Radio there. That's the game that he hasn't won. So while he is being 
accurate about what he says about Urban Meyer, controversy has followed him, it looks like sour grapes because the one game that matters, you haven't won. You're 0-4 against Gives the guy. that much more incentive, you think, to come back if Jim Harbaugh's still coaching and Urban Meyer says, you know what, I'm going to come back yeah. and beat And, and Urban Meyer is a Fox analyst, and get ready, all season long, there's mm. going to be speculation that he's going to end up at USC. You know, he's going to be out in L.A., you're going to be hearing a lot about it. Maybe that. he replaces Harbaugh. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. But coming up, Sean McVay paints a different picture of Todd Gurley's health. And what's the best way to describe Aaron Boone's tirade? What's the word is next? How come when I said that you went to Florida, all of a sudden you got quiet? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about Basket- it in the context it's of a great Meyer, ba- It's a great basketball school. It is. Poor Billy. Geico presents Yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Time to fill in some blanks with what's the word. Let's get the first one from the producer over the loudspeaker. Aaron Boone's tirade at a rookie ump was blank. It was costly. Yankees manager Aaron Boone first comes out of the dugout to argue balls and strike. That's an automatic ejection. But that wasn't it. The epic rant here, which included saying our guys are savages in the box and saying you need to basically get up your level. But his bill of his cap touched the rookie umpire, Brandon Miller. Fifth game behind the plate, one game suspension. Man, the look on that umpire's face. My word is youthful. And hear me out on this one, okay? Youthful. Uh, Yes, I understand he gave you the look of the old school tirade, right? But listen to what he actually said. He said he was encouraging. He said you're having a bleeping (laughs) bad start to this game. He said, I feel bad for you. And at the end, what did he do? He told him, tighten it up. I would love for a producer of any show that I'm on to just come up and say, hey, you're having a terrible start to this game. Tighten up. The producer of this show does that to me after every single show. Oh, there you you go. know what happened, though? Brett Gardner had struck out just before that through a temper tantrum. The very next pitch was called strike. It was borderline, and Aaron Boone got all savages. Upset. Just using savages, I think, it's sounds great. a little youthful. All right, what do we got next? It's blank that Sean McVay says Todd Gurley is feeling great. I'm going to say that it's PR because Sean McVay, appearing on the Jimmy Kimmel show, is throwing rose petals at the feet of his great running back, Todd Gurley, who did not participate in any off-season workouts with the team. He's coming back from having that sore knee. And let's not forget, Izzy, hmm. in the NFC Championship game, four rushes, 10 yards. In the Super Bowl, 10 rushes, 35 yards. Todd Gurley is terrific. But you wonder about that knee and where he is right now mentally. Yeah, similar, similar vein. My word is meaningless on this one. First of all, if it's on Jimmy Kimmel, like a lot of times when stories start with, he said on Jimmy Kimmel Live, they lose a little bit of You're never going to be a guest on the show if no, you say probably that. Probably not, probably not. But I understand that. And look, it's one of the things that he said that was interesting. He said he has earned the right to be able to have the plan we had this offseason for him. And that plan includes not doing a whole heck of a lot, losing some weight, not being in the, in the team uh, workouts, if you will. <laughs> 
I think that's fine. He's earned it, of course, because he's got hurt, but really not because he's the great player that he is. But I just don't believe there's much to it unless he actually the, gets some some The lack of in. production in the, the last two playoff games. Concern you, though? Of, course, bit, of course. course. And they weren't honest then, so why would they be honest about him now? All right, what do we got next? Zlatan's put down of Carlos Vela was blank. Oh, boy. In advance of the big one tonight, LA Galaxy, LAFC, ESPN's Hercules Gomez sat down with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and asked him who is the best player in MLS. Let's take a listen. You talk about lifting the level and getting players like yourself, and you said right now you're the best player in Major League Soccer. There's another player in Los Angeles, Carlos Vela. In this moment, he's got 19 goals, 12 assists, and his team is leading Major League Soccer. Do you still consider yourself the best player in Major League Soccer? By far. <laughs> because if he's in, in his prime, how old is he? Carlos Vela's 29. 29. He's playing in MLS and he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. When I was 29, where was I? Yeah, you were in Europe. Big difference. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm going to say that that is brutal honesty. Here's the thing about Zlatan. When he was in Europe and he was in his prime, he was playing for teams like Barcelona, Manchester United, Inter Milan. I get it. It's the MLS. It's not better than those leagues. It's still a good league. You didn't have to throw shade on everybody, your opponent, the league. Come on. I'll throw a little bit of shade. That sounds like two words, uh, Frank, not one. (laughs) My word is, and I'm going to borrow a term from our buddy Aaron Boone, my word is savage. Wow. Uh, it, It absolutely was. Not because... It was necessarily true, right? Because you're talking about a guy who's eight years difference. And he's not asking who was the better player overall. He's asking right now who's the better player. I get that. But he took out every other member of the MLS, too. He's not just taking out Vela. He's taking out everybody else and saying, you guys aren't good enough for me to compete at my highest level. By the way, that rivalry is called El Trafico. Whoever came up with that, bravo to you. All right, what do we got? Last one. Lorenzo Cain's catch was blank. All right, here is Lorenzo Cain last night against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Catches the ball, steals a home run from uh, Eduardo Escobar. I'm going to say it's routine. Hmm. Why is it routine? First of all, look at this play, this play that he makes. It's brilliant. There's the pool over there to the right, by the way, Izzy. He's done this before. He, he steals home runs all the time, including on opening day. He's got a handful more just from this year. You mentioned the... Uh opening day one being uh, the earliest one of those. But my word for this is trademarkable. Why? Because if you look at all five of those catches or the ones from this year, they all pretty much look the same. He's like drifting to his left at the last second, gets it right over the wall. And the thing that's shocking about Lorenzo Cain, not that he is 30 years old, but that is partially shocking, but that he at 30 years old and doing this has not won a gold glove before. How is that possible? He needs to get one this year, doesn't he? Yeah, Big Daddy Cain is a big time outfit. (laughs) You see guys steal home runs like that. Kind of reminiscent a little bit from back in the day, Ken Griffey Jr., Torrey Hunter. But the fact that he's done it five times last year, and like we said on opening day, he did it as well. All right, that's it. Let's take one last break, but still to come, should James Harden stick with his commitment to USA Basketball this summer? And you might be surprised at who Charles Barkley says was the best player he ever played against. I know he's not going to say Joel Embiid. Did he play against him? No, but he always (laughs) criticizes poor Joel Embiid. It's the Friday edition of Happy Time. Happy 31st birthday, Trent Williams, Washington's seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle, skipped minicamp in June because he was reportedly upset with the team's medical staff over the timing of a diagnosis for a growth on his head. Williams had the growth surgically removed over the winter. There's no guarantee that Williams will report when camp opens next week. You know who has a vested interest in the left tackle showing up for work? 
rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Or how about the whole team when you put the medical staff on blast and question them? I think that's perfectly fair. They obviously all have a vested interest in their own health, right? Dwayne Haskins needs a left tackle. A not-so-happy anniversary to two umpires in this Mexican League game. Around this day last year, the home plate ump <laughs> inexplicably called the ball on a pitch that the batter swung on, and the call was inexplicably confirmed by the first base umpire. What is the Spanish word for cheaters, anyway? The story does have a happy ending. Both thumbs were suspended for the rest of the season. And my Spanish is so bad, I can't answer that question for you. But what do you think Aaron Boone would have said to this umpire? Savage. <laughs> happy trails to two Cardinals. Look at what the Reds' Yashiel Puig does, uh, does with El Mundo Sosa's bloop single. Puig in his cannon of an arm fires a strike to third base for one out, and then Sosa, trying to reach second, slides past the bag and is called out. You see what you get mm -hmm. for trying to hustle? You see what you get for trying to test Puig's arm. By the way, if you're scoring at home, that's your classic 9-5-6 double play. Somewhere Robinson Cano saying, see, that's why I don't that's, hustle. That's why you don't hustle. All right, no errors today. We're running out of time. Let's go to the big finish. James Harden withdrew from the World Cup team this summer to focus on the Rockets. Is that all right by you? It's not only okay by me. That's six weeks of time you have to commit to that. And certain guys like Anthony Davis and James Harden, they have something to play for this year. This is their big year. They can't just wait six years. And you know, if you play, like you said, if you commit to the national team, by the time the World Cup finishes, you have about a week before training camp starts. Yeah. It, it takes, it's a lot it's of good time. Good choice by him. Joe Girardi told 95.7 the game in San Francisco that he wants to manage again. Think it'll happen? I think it will happen. I think it should happen. And I know a team in New York, not named the Yankees, that should seriously consider hiring Joe Girardi. He knows the market. I think he'd be terrific on the Mets. Watch for Joe Girardi's name to be linked to the New York Mets. All right, Nike is countersuing Kawhi Leonard over the Claw logo. What's your legal, your uh, expert legal analysis? My expert got? analysis is it's Nike. If you've never heard, it's <laughs> Nike. It's a big company. It's pretty popular. Uh, no, I just want to see the drawings. Show me the drawings, and I'll so, and then you can tell me who did what first. Gotcha. Because you don't that, think he did it? This is going to be the one time Kawhi on loses this year. He's not winning <laughs> that one. Baseball Hall of Fame inductions this weekend. Who are you looking forward to, Frank? Well, Mariano Rivera, number one, the first unanimous selection into the Hall of Fame. Also, Edgar Martinez, a great designated hitter. All right, one last one. Charles Barkley says the best player he ever faced was Kevin McHale. Do you honestly believe that? I believe he was the most difficult cover for him offensively. Do I believe he was overall the Michael best Jordan player? was in the league I mean, back then. Come on, he's not in a power forward spot. Yeah. Mike, a guy sitting in that chair not defending Michael Jordan. Wow, we're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. I'm Israel Gutierrez. Have a great weekend. You